Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Wonderful Women of Golf. This marks our first podcast of 2022. We'll be presenting a new installment each month featuring women who are having an impact on golf and on the turf industry. Our guest on this occasion is former LPGA Tour player and now Golf Channel commentator Karen Stupples. A native of Dover in the United Kingdom, Stupples played college golf at Florida State and also represented Great Britain and Ireland twice in the Curtis Cup matches before turning professional. Over the course of a 16-year professional career, she won twice. One of those victories was at the 2004 Wiedepex Women's British Open. She also competed in the Solheim Cup matches twice. Stupples began working for Golf Channel in 2013 and has become one of the most respected broadcasters in the sport. She also has an abiding interest in turf and an appreciation of turf professionals and their contributions to the golf industry. We're honored to have Karen Stumples with us on this edition of Wonderful Women of Golf. Karen, welcome to Wonderful Women of Golf. We have wanted to have you on this podcast for some time, and we're glad you're making the time to spend with us. Thank you. Uh, it's my pleasure, and uh, very happy to talk to you. And uh, you know, It's always good to talk about women within the industry in general, and, uh, and for me to be part of it is, uh, I'm pretty honored. You've been with Golf Channel uh, nine years now and are recognized as one of the best broadcasters in all of golf. How did you fit so comfortably into that role? Obviously, it's not as easy as you make it look, you and your peers make it look, but how did you get so comfortable with it so quickly? I don't really know how that comfort level really really happened. I do know that I'm very inquisitive in general. Like I, I like to know how things happened. I like to know why things happened. I, I, I enjoy posing questions to myself about my own game, and, and I just was able to translate that into posing questions about other people's game. You know, what makes them tick? What's going on behind the scenes? All those little bits and pieces that used to affect me on the golf course also affect all these other players as well. And for some reason, I was, I've been lucky enough to be able to put it into words in a concise enough format that people can digest and understand and take on board too. And, and um, I don't really know where that comes from. I think potentially it might come down to um, not being the, the most blessed when it comes to reading and, and digesting information in that way because, you know, I have ADD and I'm dyslexic, so I struggle in that department. So I, so listening to people, looking at little cues that people have, um, digesting information, how it's spoken is, is how I learn. So I think I just translate that into to what I do and what I say, and, and here I am blessed with, with the best job in the world. We caught up with Karen this past fall at the ShopRite LPGA Classic presented by Acer, where she was part of the first-ever all-female golf broadcast on American Network Television. Karen was joined by producer Beth Hutter, host Cara Banks, and commentators Kay Cockerell, Judy Rankin, and Paige McKenzie. I mean, we're all doing our jobs. Um, Cara is in a you know slightly different role this week, um, being being the host of, and play by play, as opposed to hosting a, a show that's more scripted and formalised. This is reacting to live golf as you see it. Um, so it's very interesting for us because we we're coming together as a team. Uh, we've worked together individually before now, uh, but this is the first time doing it together as this team. I think we sh- we uh, feel very lucky to have this opportunity to do it because, I mean, being working with the best in the business is always fun. So when you get to do it together, it's pretty cool. I think this is a really good step in the right direction. I'd love to see 
this group go on and cover men's golf you know go to and cover cover a men's golf tournament as as a team that would be kind of fun too and and potentially even more groundbreaking than, than what we have going on here this week i mean we saw it with espn um they had their all-female crew covering the, the men's major league baseball last night and that that was pretty cool so i think that this is this is a good step and i, I feel like blessed that i'm part of it you have a an acknowledged interest in turf it's been well documented those of us who pay attention to that industry how did that uh evolve uh, how did you get to be a turf head I don't know if it's so much turf in that I have a bunch of weeds that I like to keep short in my yard um essentially um it came about I I have a desire to make something that looks a little ugly and make it look very pretty and I don't and that goes across the board with everything you know whether it's you know dusty countertop I want to dust the countertops I'm a bit of a binge cleaner too so I have all these different things that I do but when it comes to cutting grass um it happened out of necessity first which is how I discovered it that the, we Jerry and I would travel and we'd come back and the guy that was supposed to take care of our garden uh, didn't and so we'd come back to knee-high grass and it used to drive me nuts that he couldn't cut it so we had this little tractor mower and I would go out there and mow and I'd be like this is kind of fun and then Jerry you know when COVID hit Jerry decided the little tractor mower wasn't 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 really getting it getting the job done enough so we got a a zero turn mower so I ended up with a zero turn and and uh, and it's taken off from then the needless to say the guy who cuts the grass doesn't cut our grass anymore I've taken control over all that love the wee whacking too that's fun i just like taking things that look scruffy and making everything look neat and uh and i need to delve a little deeper into the nuances of of managing the grass a little better in terms of fertilizing it and making sure it's aerated and all the rest of that stuff but uh i'm just coming to getting to grips with the cutting of it at the moment but all that will come in time what kind of things did you notice about golf course conditions uh, when you were a player what kind of things do players notice? The, the things that players notice the most, um, obviously the greens and the condition and the firmness of them and how they roll when you're put, putting on them. And also the grass on the fairways too. Like it's, there's a, a, Players love playing courses where the fairways kind of feel a bit like carpets and you can kind of brush the grass, brush the, the golf ball off of those surfaces or, or you can take perfect divots because it's just the right consistency um i grew up on lynx golf so that's a very different type of grass and very different type of soil underfoot um so and, it, and it's a, there's a firmness to it that that creates uh, a nice consistent feel for you when you're playing and i think i think you can get confidence from that with your game when you're hitting off a turf like that and i think in general players really like a, a firmer surface and so if you're playing a course that has a little firmness to it but a nice good head of grass on the top um, I think that that's what people are, are, that's what players really do enjoy. How do you try to educate your audience or get some of your passion for turf across in uh, in what you do on TV as far as getting comments and about course conditions and that kind of thing? I, I think that you know what I'm able to do is that the, I notice these things. I says I said that I, I I learn from visual cues and audio cues much better than you know 
not so much from reading things. So I notice stuff. Like I, I see what the grass is doing. I, I look. I like to look where the grain is growing. Like a lot of courses have grain, and that can affect shots into the green. So when I'm when I'm talking about the grain, um, if it's a full shot, sometimes it can take as much as five yards off of the distance for for the player. So you have to club up. And also if you're playing down the grain, that can get more. You can get more spin, more clubhead speed, and all the rest of it. So where the grass is growing, where the grain is, and and that a lot of that comes from how the fairways have been cut. A lot of the times you'll see uh, old school golf courses that will have, um, you'll, you'll see two different colours in the grass. One side will be dark, one side will be light. That's where they've mowed in one direction down one side of the fairway and then back in the other direction coming the other way. Typically the shiny side from the tee down is going to be a lot faster than the, than the darker side uh, that, that will be on the other side. And, and, that, and other courses, they'll, do, they'll just do a straight up and down pattern or sometimes they'll do a diagonal pattern. So... How a, a golf course superintendent mows the fairways can make a huge difference in, in playing, playing. And so when I'm commentating on it, that makes a big difference in what I talk about when I'm talking about how a player will approach the shot, depending on where the grass is growing when they're standing over it. How have conditions evolved over the course of your career? I mean, turning back the clock a long way, I've seen old films on golf channel of tv matches that were played in the late 50s and early 60s and by today's standards the course conditions were abysmal they certainly have evolved quite a bit in that amount of time but over the course of your professional career and now broadcast career how have you seen conditions change well i think it's everybody's expectations on, on what tournament golf courses should, should look like and, and and i think members expectations as well because the more people watch golf on tv the more they expect a, a certain standard f- from the courses that they play and from the courses that the players play so one you're seeing consistency of grass and f- in the fairways and the rough everything's mowed to a certain height everything is 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 uniform across the board uh, green speeds obviously the green speeds have got a lot quicker as time has gone on but they're also managing it in a way that uh, not to let it get out of hand too depending on the types of slopes on the greens as well and I think there's there's a lot more information out there that's involved that the tours take much more control over um, individual courses sometimes as to how they manage their courses they have expertise at hand that can help them in terms of you know how to prepare the course in a, in a good fashion uh, for the players even down to, to the bunkers um, I was at Bridgestone uh, playing in a in a in a pro am there at Firestone, and um, and basically what what happened is that the bunkers are they they were measuring the depth of the sand at different portions of the bunkers because they wanted it consistent across the board. So they wanted it uh, a little less in the face because you don't want balls plugging in the face, a little more in the base of the bunkers because that's where people are going to be hitting from hopefully. And so it was consistent across the board and every single bunker was getting raked and done to the same measurements as every other one. So a lot of courses go to the extremes to prepare their courses for tournament play, and obviously there's a trickle-down effect that the members get the benefit of that year-round. The question is whether members' expectations are realistic or unrealistic, and that might be too tough a question for you to handle, but it is one in the industry. Well, I think as well that, what, you know, to be honest, what they do is is that they is that they have that expectation like they want to be proud of their golf course they want to be able to show it off to their friends like look at how fast our greens are look at how good this course is look at you know this is where i play all the time look at how good i have it you know they want to be proud of it and and they quite rightly so that they should be that way 
However, the bigger question is, is it actually good for their golf? Is it actually good for pace of play? And is it actually good for golf in general? I think that if you have too fast greens, I think that the pace of play gets a little bit tricky. People struggle. The confidence goes down a bit. Scores go higher. And, of course, again, that that adds time to play. And, And, you know, in many ways, not having fast greens may not be the best thing. You should be be able to go out there and enjoy your game of golf as, as best you can. But I think a well-presented golf course is something that the members can definitely be proud of, and that's what they want. After my editor hears that comment, you will certainly be invited back here for, <laughs> for regular appearances. What impresses you the most, Karen, about what superintendents do with all the knowledge you have of your sport and all that goes with it? and you understand better than most how hard the job is for anybody. So what impresses you the most about how superintendents and their teams go about doing that job? Well, first off, I mean, it has to do with Mother Nature. I mean, they have no control over what Mother Nature will throw at them any given year. Um, So they have to be very flexible with with how they go and they prepare the golf course. They have to have, obviously they have a plan in place. You know, they know that at certain times of the year they're going to have to have to take cores out of it they're going to have to you know to, you know slightly you know, tie the greens fertilize them you know cut let them grow a little bit longer there's all kinds of maintenance issues that, that they have to go through to, to keep everything in check i mean they're there first thing in the morning from the time this you know before the sun comes up getting everything ready and organized you know they have to get all of that and that takes a lot of time but they have to be prepared they've got to make sure that they have all of those little things taken care of but the biggest thing for me is the mother nature factor they've got to be so flexible with it they've got to register and look at what's going on in the greens they've got to know that they can't let anything slide it's like the best way i can describe it is you know that you know the people that juggle plates they put plates on top of poles and they spin the plates so the guy will start off at one pole he'll spin the plate then he'll move along and spin the next plate and he he keeps having to run down the line to stop the plates from falling because if he neglects one area the plate falls that's that's trouble so he's constantly spinning plates and that's what that's what the greenkeepers do that's that's what that's what the 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 head groundsman is is in charge of keeping those plates spinning keeping the, the green on the, the grass on the greens good keeping the grass on the fairways good keeping the bunkers good making sure that, that the members are happy making sure that his staff is happy you know making sure that mother nature doesn't get the best of them you know all of these things he has to keep those plates spinning at all times because that's what he's supposed to do it's not easy because there's i mean he's probably got about 20 plates in different areas that he has to keep going so he's, he's a pretty busy dude karen we appreciate your making the time this has been a pleasure hope we have a chance to do it with you again. Thank you for all you do for the game. Oh, it's my pleasure. Great chatting with you. Thanks so much. Karen Stupples, our guest on this edition of Wonderful Women of Golf. My name is Rick Wolfel. We thank all of you for joining us. Please join us next time.